The San Diego Padres, despite all the hype and everything, all the money spent, they've been a disaster. I've been talking about that all season, but on today's episode, very special guest, my buddy Mark DeLucci, who covers the Giants, Giants insider for Fan Nation. Very cool stuff. We're going to be talking about last night's game a teensy little bit, but then diving deep into the economics of the sport, particularly with the Padres and Giants, and just how these two teams develop and build their teams completely differently. It's going to be a lot of fun, so... Let's get into it. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, June 21st. As always, I am your host, with sometimes occasionally, but definitely not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can find me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you don't like my tweets there, which totally fine, I <laughs> usually try to uh, make uh, make them a little bit separate. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the, I'm, I'm ch- it's like the, the, the dog in the burning house meme that's kind of that's what my personal account looks like if you follow me for Padres stuff me just pretending nothing's happening but if you want Padres live updates and me being sad uh, at lo underscore Padres and also check out the YouTube if you want to see Pac-Man for Michael Waka or Fernando Tatis's bobblehead or whatever I'm wearing and if you're just a uh, people really like YouTube podcast man it's 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 like a new it's like a thing for people it's, it's like people really enjoy it yeah uh, yeah have you have you been capitalizing on it seems like they're boosting youtube shorts in the algorithm now too yeah, or have you been doing yeah a little shorts bit there well? i think i've been thinking of doing shorts more maybe uploading some of my videos that i post on twitter gotta do that um for sure but um today's episode guys is brought to you by game time download the app create an account and use the code locked on mlb for 20 dollars off your first purchase last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed game time and that voice you heard I, I've talked enough already. Is Mr. Mark Delucci, a San Francisco Giants insider oh. for Fan Nation, which is part of Sports Illustrated and stuff? He's written for a bunch of places before. He's written for SF Gate, doing journalistic stuff, much more journalistic <laughs> than me and my clown hat. Let me tell you, he's done a lot. He's in a fantasy baseball league too. He's he's absurd and and he's mad Delucci on Twitter. Uh, Mark, how are you doing, man? It's been a while. You know, you bring up fantasy baseball while you're clean sweeping me right now early this week. It's early. I got to come back in me, but I, I see, you know, I appreciate, I appreciate the compliment right before you had to remind me that I'm like, again, I think it's what we're in it. We're in a what, categories league and I think it's currently like seven to one, seven and one year, you're on pace to, to clean sweep me this week. So, you know, yeah. And I also hate that league uh, for a lot of reasons. One, because one of my closest friends run it, so I have to hate it. And two, because I just, I don't know why we're changing up the statistics for how fantasy baseball works. It's called fan graphs if you want to care about all that other stuff. But whatever, they're weird. Mark, man, uh, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while because for those who don't follow Mark's work, I highly recommend it. He's also got a really nice economic slant on things because uh, that's what he studied and that's what he knows. And it's interesting because our two teams, the Giants and the Padres, who have been facing each other, and last night was uh, yet again another walk-off loss for the Somehow Padres. less painful than the nights before. But yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Somehow. Like, last night featured Josh Hader, per- perhaps the single most dominant reliever, absent a couple seasons from... That man hates Oracle Park. 
Yeah, that he man hates it because he, he, he was with the Brewers last year. He wasn't yeah. with the Padres when he had that implosion where he gave up like eight runs. It was like the only yeah. eight runs he'd given up all season, basically yeah. for like a six month stretch. Yeah, that, that man despises the Giants. It's but it's insane because that dude came into the the game and walked in the game winning run, but it was it was still not as uh, horrible and depressing as Monday's game. I think in a lot of ways, but um, I wanted to have your perspective on this because. A lot of people keep asking me, why isn't this working for the Padres? And aside from just players not playing well, I think that there's a really interesting discussion to be had on just how different these two teams uh, develop. And that it's not a coincidence uh, in a lot of ways that the Giants keep finding players and the Padres are just hoping that Runet Odor can somehow find the youth of his career. And it's actually hilariously enough for Odor uh, worked a little bit. But um, first, I wanted to ask you, you do cover the Giants and you go to the games. <laughs> Couldn't be me, I guess, right? Because uh, I'm, I'm in New Jersey. Um, but you were at the game last night and the night before. What was kind of the atmosphere like? Because I know it must have been fun. But it, it was it was fun. It was, I mean, again, for me, writing my game story, trying to publish on first on last, as soon as the last pitch happens, one of my writers, Natasha, was joking because she was working on an article. But, that, yeah. you know, you can, you can like everyone sees each other's stuff sort of when they're working <laughs> on it. So she was just seeing like the headline, like keep changing every two seconds because I've mad scramble as it happened. But no, it was re- really exciting. And the Giants, you know, it's it's no secret. I mean, you know, it's not, they're not alone post pandemic. A lot of teams have seen attendance hits, but it's been, mm-hmm. I think, particularly stark with the Giants because, you know, all, really, I mean, obviously you have the new stadium in 2000 and Barry Bonds. So that obviously gives you this huge, mm-hmm. you know, fan base boost that'll come with that and then obviously you know you have a little dip post bonds and then you have buster posey emerge three world series in five years or yeah three world series in five seasons and you know make the playoffs in 2016 mm-hmm. po- and they keep this core posey you know crawford again who's still there built all these guys so you know they, they run a sellout streak i want to say into 2019 basically on the heels yeah. of that run and then it ends in 2019 as they're kind of faltering but they're still in the high 30s low 40s But again, that was kind of, they were probably about to see a pretty big crash anyway. And then the pandemic happened. They went 500 during the pandemic. Posey, you know, then they come back in 2021, back from the pandemic, went 107 games. And I think they have a chance to build momentum. And then last year, they obviously have a really disappointing season after Buster Posey retires too. So just all those things. So, you know, they're in this nine game winning streak. Obviously it was seven after sweeping the Dodgers over the weekend on the start of the series on Monday. And Fans have shown up. They're back in the mid 30s. So you just have that kind of environment, which is super Mm -hmm. fun. I've been surprised. Again, I've not been someone who's gone to a lot of Giants games over the years. For those not familiar, I was born and raised in Hawaii. So not exactly a lot of big league team access. Um, But the I was surprised at like Padres fan turnout, which has made the environment. And frankly, just the distaste that these teams had, like for it's like I was like, oh, these these fan bases have decided to not the Giants have decided to not like the Padres in a way I didn't expect. And again, I understand 2010 and Matt Latos, but it's like Padres beat the Dodgers last year. I thought y'all are happy for them, But no, they've been booing Machado, booing Tatis. Uh, there, there was a contingent of fans who were like chanting for Ha Sung Kim, which then made the Giants fans respond by booing Ha Sung Kim because I don't think they understood. It was like looked like people with like Korean flags and stuff who'd showed up. People were like, why is this guy getting chants in our ballpark? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's been super fun. And again, it's just, you know, 
you don't want it to happen if you're the team, but there is nothing, there is nothing that gets like a home crowd more fired up than a comeback, right? Than like falling yeah. a bit behind early, having then having a reliever come in and shove for a few innings and you know incrementally come back in it late game. Again, two back-to-back walk-off wins, back-to-back ninth-inning rallies. All right, um, all right. E- easy, you know, easy. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's it's just so it's it's absolutely been an electric a- atmosphere. It's, it's two games too. Again, like as stressed as I am because I'm working during it and amped up, it's like I'm leaving the ballpark. Like, wow, I was I like that was that's a super memorable experience. The the deadline speed writing game is not for the faint of heart, but. Sometimes it's not nearly as bad as you think it's going to be, but when you finally get it done, it does feel pretty good. You feel energized and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah. The very, and, and, the very few times I've done that. My yeah, and my thing, and again, like this is just my standard for myself is like I want to hit publish on final pitch every time, which yeah. gives me self more work. So that means I'm pre-writing. That like part of the reason Natasha sees the headline keep changing is what happens in the bottom of the ninth of the tie game is the headline is changing to whoever's yeah. at bat walk off hit. <laughs> and, Mondays, so and Mondays was all over the place. You had like and the, exactly. the Padres take the lead. They're up by a lot. And yep. then you have the whole Tim Hill is just mowing down the giant Shoving, lineup. Yeah. And then it's just like, all right, this is over. And then, of course. And it was uh, like, comeback falls short in the ninth. And then it's like getting ready for a walk-off hit in the ninth. And then uh, and then Yaz Homer. So even I have to last-minute yeah. scramble to get the score changed because it's not 5-4, it's 7-4. It's 7-3, right? Yeah, exactly. And, so, and some people might uh, immediately be hating. But I will say, first of all, I meant to text you, get ready, because Luis Garcia entered the game. I forgot. I was like, get ready. <laughs> in my head, I was I'm, like, a- I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I was just very. And then, of course, Padres discourse on Twitter and just in media as well, asking Bob Melvin questions about it. You guys can go check out my episode from yesterday. My thoughts on that. Um, but can, also, can I, I'm going to pop go my ahead. two cents in here on the hater thing. And this is mostly a question. that Honestly, you don't even have to answer. I'll, I'll just mm-hmm. pop this. You can still listen to short, you know, get that engagement, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I'm actually, again, there's mixed sentiment. I'm, I think people miss read. I think there is a bit more evidence out there that back-to-back games do cause pitchers to deteriorate and have some long-term consequences. And Hader had pitched on back-to-back over the weekend. Mm-hmm. That said, it, 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 so, you know, again, I, I kind of get it on Monday. What I don't get is why yesterday, if Hader was available in the ninth inning, he doesn't start the ninth inning. Because mm-hmm. I understand the sentiment of like, well, mm-hmm. it's a tie game on the road, so we don't want to burn our closer. And that's fine. I get that. But then when it's a tie game and the bases are loaded or the runners on first and second and ninth yeah. inning, I don't get why that increased the chances to use Hater. I, I think honestly, the the because honestly, the way Hater pitched made me say, oh no, they knew what they were doing on Monday. He clearly is you know, like he's still dealing with it command wise after that weekend. He, he needs a bit more time to recover. So that's where the Tuesday outing was actually the one that made me kind of furrow my brow mm-hmm. a bit. Because again, you know, look, these coaches want to use their pitchers as much as they can, particularly their best ones. Like, I don't think they are dogmatic in not using Hater on Monday. I think if they're not mm-hmm. doing it, it's it's because either, either he says he can't go or they have reason to believe he can't. It's again, it's the thing that confuses me is why are you, if, if you're going to use him on Tuesday, use him to start the bottom half of the inning. Yeah. Or once there's two runners on with less than two outs and then, you know, let Nick Martinez lose it. And then you don't, it, it, that part was confusing because what you burn hater and then you go to the extras and guess what? The giants are going to throw Camilo in the 10th. And then yeah. you got to give, have hater go multiple innings. That That's the one that kind of perplexed me a bit more, but anyway, it's kind of a side note. 
Mark, I think a lot of it comes down to just Padres ineptitude in general. Yeah. And we got to talk about that in more in deep uh, detail and whatnot and kind of give your perspective on things. But before we do that, guys, really quickly, got to talk to you about game time. Look, if you're Mark and you're trying to make it to the ballpark at the Giants game and you want to, you know, maybe, maybe you got to get last minute tickets. You know what I mean? And game time has you covered there. Let me tell you, and if you cancel for any reason, maybe more, oh, you know what? I just heard that some pitcher that stinks is pitching. There was a scratch start, and he says, I'm out of here. Don't worry. They actually give you your money back and whatnot. They give you event cancellation kind of bonuses or whatever you want to call it. I don't know the right uh, event cancellation protection. That's the protection. word. Protection. Bonus. They pay you to cancel your ticket. <laughs> yeah, they pay you to cancel. Um, uh, for So forget not about – I don't want to screw up Javi's ad money. <laughs> it's not what they're saying. <laughs> no, don't worry. Don't worry. Protection. Yeah, it's okay. They, they, they don't mind. I, I, I mean, I have a hat on my head right now. Like, I don't think they really care what, uh, most of the time. But, guys, go check it out. Forget planning months in advance. They also give you these little seat views, which I'm a visual learner. So that's very helpful. Um, and just in general, it's great. And it's for not just sports. It's called Game Time, but they got theater stuff. They got all sorts of stuff that you can go check out. So be sure to do that. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, go check that out. Create an account. Redeem the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. That is game time. (laughs) Break. And we're back, everybody. My very inconspicuous uh sipping of water before i get back yeah, to the you know again if it was again if we weren't as close as we were i would have filled the air in like the efforts of good podcasting because i know you so well i'm like no i'm gonna let javi sit in this one yeah. for a bit and have a good laugh <laughs> yeah there you go it's what i do um mark man look so we talked about these two games that's kind of but i think that's a great point um i know people i got mini ratioed on my padres account in the sense that i didn't really necessarily disagree with the idea of being like, let's get Luis Garcia into things. He's been good before. The sinker, his slider, people are batting like 100 against it. So, obviously, it's not working this year, and hitters seem to be waiting on it and just waiting on him throwing his sinker, which is less effective. But I was like, okay, I can understand that. It reminded me, and I talked about it, of like the Mike Clevenger, Sean Mania, who's now a giant, by the way, uh, for people who might have forgotten, where they threw them out in the playoffs, and all they had to do was not do what they did in the playoffs, which yeah. is not even get like a single out and get lit up against the Phillies. Luis Garcia did the one thing you couldn't do. Wild pitches galore, first and third, nobody out. It was just nightmare city. And then, of course, everyone gets mad at Melvin. But I agree. It's very much like commit one way or the other. Are you going to use and, Gator? Then yeah. use them. I mean, go ahead. Um, I thought it was weird how many people were messaging me about why. how are you going to pay someone if you can't pitch three days in a row? And I'm like, I just don't. I don't think that's a standard. Am I wrong that that's not a standard for even the Velociraptor, Camilla Duvall type of closers? Well, I will say they do do that with Duvall and I'm not big on it. Um, I mean, again, like here's the way I put it, right? Like each guy's different. Like it's like, I mean, like, again, I don't know the specifics. And again, you know, I'm not projecting it. But look, Hader knows he's about to be a free agent. Like it, it could be a thing that him and his agent told the Padres, like, look, yeah. You ain't doing to us what the Cubs did with Chapman and burning out his arm right before yeah. he might leave. You know, like, I, again, I, I'm not saying that I don't have any inside info on that. I'm just saying it's like there's a lot of dynamics in play. And, and again, I, I'm a bit more, uh, you know, 
so so I, I think you know that plays into it. and again like guys just sometimes he guys just feel off or whatever like you know yeah. again they, they it, it's not just two days back to back there was travel involved obviously you know like again short trip but still you get on the plane like it, again I, I think that's one of the things that being there day to day there's a lot more behind the scenes that's happening when it mm -hmm. comes to like which guys are available which guys do we want to use which guys do we want to avoid using and ultimately the reality is bullpens are built on depth. You can't have like you can have a bad bullpen with Mariano Rivera if no one else is good. And you can have a great bullpen without an elite closer if you have a solid closer and a bunch of really good setup options, right? Like and I, I think that's the, the Padres find themselves in a position that every team pretty much has found them in at some point, right? Which is yeah, Hater's their best option and he's elite, but you have to be able to trust other guys. You have to be able to have some other semblance of setup options. Um and you know that's that's the issue to me right like mm -hmm. it's 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 again like sure it might have cost the Padres a game but ultimately if they win that one on Monday then haters definitely not available yesterday and they lose on Tuesday and then what are they 500 like it's again like I don't want to under you know undersell the meaning of these two games but let's be frank here that's not why the Padres are if they win on Monday and lose on Tuesday, we're having a pretty similar conversation right now about yeah. how the Padres had a disappointing season and what's going wrong with the Padres. And depth is one of those things. And the Pirates bullpen <laughs> has been good this year. Let's be clear. That's another thing that I want to point out is third best ERI in, amongst bullpens. I, it might be down now after these past two games, but still it's up there. It's been great. Starting pitching has been great. Um, but it feels like when you, when you compare it to the Giants and, I remember last year or maybe a year or so ago, I forgot when it was that you brought up this point, but people key, I am for some reason, especially on my network uh, locked on the only person afraid aside from the, the giants host and that respects the giants. I don't know what it is, but my thing was I saw that team take Darren Ruff and turn him into bonds again. I saw Brandon Crawford who has never been that positive of a, an at bat, maybe a 103 WRC plus. I don't have the numbers in front of me. And then all of a sudden, he looks like he's like six and MVP one year. Right, solid player to MVP, exactly. like legitimate MVP, MVP caliber player. Yeah, and they do all these things, and I'm like, they got my favorite free agent this offseason, Michael Conforto, and then and and some of the other guys, Alex Cobb. I thought he was going to be good this year. The expected stats, and I think he got pretty unlucky last year. You have Logan Webb. Just these, it's all B. It's all B quality players. And there's not like a single D minus guy who's killing your team or killing a side of your team. Like say the Padres have with Trent Grisham, who's a good defensive player, but can't hit. Um, and I think that that's, what's so interesting is that you and I both, I, I think that, and I've been talking about this on my show is there's such a misconception about, in my opinion, what it takes to win a world series. And everyone keeps looking at Cleveland and Milwaukee and uh, Tampa every now and then where, Hey, well, those teams win a lot of games. It's like, yeah, but then what happens in the playoffs? You're losing the story. And I think with the Giants, they tried to do that too. Don't get me wrong. Correa obviously being the big thing that happened. And then Aaron Judge, they were after too. But like th that also makes you wonder how they would look with that superstar to kind I of know, I know. Like can can you imagine force, right? can you imagine where they'd be? I mean, again, they wouldn't have Conforto who's been good for them, but still imagine where they'd be if Judge was exactly. in right field left field and exactly. or, i mean again even frankly as as much as correa has been a disappointment in minnesota he's been better than brandon crawford like he, it would still be like the giants would be a better team for sure yeah mm -hmm. i i think it, it gets at and sorry to cut you off but i i, I think mm -hmm. i know, know where you're going and is the interesting thing about you know i i think generally speaking regular in the regular season depth is what wins because injuries pile up yeah and in the postseason this is sort of my very shorthand very 
cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. Simplistic. Depth wins in the regular season, particularly in the lineup, and the best starting rotation wins in the playoffs. Like that's sort of the my very simplistic approach to to like if I had to make a prediction and I didn't have time and I didn't know teams very well, mm-hmm. if I'm picking regular season, I'm going to look at how deep your team is. And if I'm looking at the postseason, I'm looking at starting rotations. And the thing about the giants is that they've done a really good job at finding depth, right? Like I, I actually think the thing about the giants and Padres is we talk about the very different approaches. AJ Preller and Farhan Zaidi have taken yeah. in building their teams. I think both of them could learn from each other. I actually think like, what Preller has done incredibly well is identify talent, build a strong farm system, and capitalize on it for star players, or at least attempt to capitalize yeah. on it and, and take mm-hmm. chances with it. And Zaidi has done an amazing job, an incredible job, at finding borderline all-stars, all-star caliber players for nothing insignificant mm-hmm. trade capital mm-hmm. they have acquired they're starting infield right for uh right now three of their starting infielders who are probably again if it weren't for injuries frankly all three might be deserving of all-star nods although probably lamont wade will be the only one who yeah. wins. Yeah. lamont wade jr at first base has been the best leadoff hitter in baseball one of the top five first basemen in baseball this season tyro Estrada at second base and jd davis at third base they've acquired those three guys for Darren Ruff, who was cut by the Mets after half a season. Sean Anderson, who was designated for assignment by the Twins after half a season. And cash considerations. Like, that is an unparalleled thing around baseball right now. Like, three Mm -hmm. dudes who had made the big leagues. All three had appeared in the big leagues. All three had had, like, flashes jd davis obviously was really good with the mets actually and, and but tyro had, had flashes early in his career with the yankees lamont had flashes early in his career with the twins and they got them for very little because those other teams didn't believe them to be significant pieces anymore and they now are three quarters of a incredible infield like that's like if the padres just did that twice right or just did, have one of those guys think about the lineup depth like the problem for the padres is mm-hmm. that top four and the top five in that lineup is impressive and that bottom four that is wolf like there's a there's just a lot of holes in that lineup and i mean frankly you could say yeah. something similar about the starting rotation right like that was the one thing about the padres going into the year I was comparing them to the Giants. I was like, the Giants have nine dudes who I think like are viable big league starters coming into the year. Between the big league guys they signed, and I, I'm a farm yeah. system head. Like I thought guys like Tristan Beck and Keaton Wynn, who the Padres have been on the wrong end of the last couple of days. I saw them coming up the pipeline. They still have Kyle Harrison, who's probably the best pitching prospect in baseball mm-hmm. down at AAA. Like they had a lot of starting pitching depth. I looked at the Padres and I was like, is Julio Tehran their sixth best starter coming into the year? Like that's <laughs> it's rough. Like it, you know and. and like, it's just like, I was like, man, if the Padres get hit with like two injuries, like I thought the rotation was what was going to do the Padres in. But what I didn't mm-hmm. realize, what I didn't look closely enough and looking back is their lineup was just as weak. In fact, their lineup was even thinner. And so th- like, that's the thing I worry about for the Padres because I still think there's a good team in here. I still think they'll have a hot stretch and at the minimum push for the wild card. And I think they end up finding their way. And I don't think the Marlins are sticking around necessarily. I think the NL is super weak. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I worry about for the Padres is they're sitting here below 500 and they've gotten good starting pitching. They've gotten solid bullpen yeah. work, yeah. you know, despite Musgrove's injury even, right? Like, like their pitching staff has done pretty well. And so my concern for the Padres is what, let's say the lineup pickers figures it out. Let's say Machado gets out of the little skitties in, let's say a Cronenworth and Odor or Gary Sanchez, whatever, like they like get hot and sustain it and the lineup comes deep. 
but that's when I worry. And then you're, you know, it's just like the no good, very bad season when it's like you're you're not hitting when the pitching's going well, and then when the hitting figures it out, the the the, the pitching's just been carrying too much of a load, and it kind of falters, and, mm-hmm. and that's how you end up on the wrong side of things. Um, and again, I think the Giants will see. And again, I think frankly we're going to see a little AJ Preller and Farhan Zaidi this deadline. Is I I, I still think it's going to come down to. I I do wonder about guys like Wade, guys like Estrada Davis, as good as they've been, you know, there are tiers of stars, right? And, and there, and I think where that gets exposed, I think this is where teams like, um, like you mentioned, some of those other teams with kind of that do well in the regular season consistently, but kind of falter. And I think we could honestly probably put like, not right now, but the A's sort of historically are the perfect example of this, right? Like, yeah. They'll find their way into the playoffs and then they won't seem to get there. And often I think it's because they kind of have those beat, like a, those, even those contender teams were like full of B tier stars, really good players. Like I don't want to undersell that those were good players, but in the playoffs, when, when you aren't facing that fourth and fifth starter, right? You aren't yeah. getting a chance. The giants aren't getting to face Luis Garcia in the ninth inning in the playoffs, right? The, the giants yeah. aren't going to, you know, teams aren't going to give you that same workaround. And I think that's what sort of separates you know, though the sort of cream of the crop from, you know, really good mm-hmm. players, like don't want to undersell. They have incredible value to a team, but what gets you over the top in, in, in the playoffs. And that's why I think the giants were right to target judge. I think they were right to target Correa. And I do think my criticism of Zaidi has been, I haven't thought he's been greedy enough because I'm like, you're so good at getting depth. Let's get aggressive. You should be more aggressive in free agency. You should be more aggressive on the trade market. Because even if the trade, even if the deal blows up, even if it isn't one that works out, you're good enough that you can probably find a way to make it work, find a, a role for that player, or even find a replacement cheaper down the line. You know, again, why are you letting Kevin Gossman walk? Have him and Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon in your rotation in 2022. You yeah. know, like like things like that is where I've wanted Zaidi to have a little more of Preller to go, yeah, we don't need Xander Bogarts, but I'm going to go get him. At the same time, Preller's needed a little more of Zaidi, I think. I to be I need to be more hyper cognizant of depth I need on this team. I need like there is I think something to be said for um and again it's too early to tell. I know people are going to say the Bogart's deal is a sham. Look, it's year 1 of a deal. People were saying Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager were bad signings at this point last season with Texas yeah. and look look what's happening point. right Great now. Point. Like I it, it's way too I, I think Bogart's will be fine. But I think it is fair to say looking at this roster but man, it does feel like the Padres had a roster where you already have Soto Machado. You're going to get Tatis back. You might've been better off giving three guys 10 year, 10 million a year deals to fill three holes. Again, I think the Bogarts deal was about them not having frankly faith in Tatis. That's what I think that was about. I think Mm -hmm. they didn't, I think if they knew Tatis was going to be this good, I don't think they signed Bogarts. I think Mm -hmm. the Bogarts Mm -hmm. move was, motivated by their concerns that they were going to have to either move off of Tatis or he was just going to become dead money. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I think that's kind of the, if I were, again, this is outside looking in, but I think that was an internal misevaluation they made that again, right now when it's like, yeah, it's like, man, we probably could have signed a, a starter and signed a, you know, a, maybe a, a more viable catcher or, you know, like a, a second baseman, you know, just to give us a, I mean, frankly, a first baseman, I mean, walking into the year with Cronenworth at first base rather than a super utility. is just, you know, like things like that, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. It's a lot of great points, man. I think that for me and I, my, my takeaway is that there is no deal from the Padres absent the NOLA one 
that when it happens or, and I, I would still defend it. I'll even still defend. I'm not talking about all the other stuff, but I'll just defend the baseball side of the Mike Clevenger trade. I'll defend mm-hmm. the baseball side of heck Mitch Moreland's when they got him in 2020, I'll, I'll defend those. I just think that it's all of them coalescing together without a vision of depth the way that the giants again you can die if you drink too much water right like like (laughs) you know like there's no there's there is nothing in this world metaphorically ideologically or tangibly physically that there is not too much of there can be like and and again that's again like that's been my criticism of zaidi is is like okay i love what you're doing with depth but hey you know you everything's not about the edge of 40 get the the big one go get the big one like like you can make your life easier too and um and, and again, like that's where I think it's so interesting because the strengths of Preller and the strengths of Zaidi are different, and they have different weaknesses in that in that sense. But if one thing is going to again, but that comes back to sort of my tenant at the beginning of this point, which is, but in baseball, generally betting on depth is a better move just because injuries happen. It's a 162 game season. Um, and you're going to face a lot of bad pitching. You're going to face yeah. bad teams. You're going to, you know, like that's where you don't, again, not every 90 win team is built. The, you know, not every division winner is built the same. Some are like 88 game winners who basically get crushed by about 500 teams, but do their yeah. work against bad teams. And then others yeah. are kind of high variance and, you know, go up and down. Like, um, and so depth, what depth does is it means you're going to, well, I say this and the giants have already done this, but generally speaking, depth is what helps you make sure you don't lose to when you get a hundred loss team, you know, you're playing, you're going to yeah. take two out of three. You're going to get those sweeps. Um, mm-hmm. And again, you know, star power helps, but there's only so much one player can do. Um, you know, again, when Absent some of the craziest, the a rod and the playoffs that one yeah. year, with well, Seattle, again, like, the, again, the playoffs is different, right? Because it's one game, yeah. right? Like, because exactly. every game has so much value, and because the difference between a star and a regular player is larger in the postseason than the regular season, because yeah. again, everyone's on their A game because you're facing better pitching. So if you have, you know, the the the, the reason a regular player isn't a star is probably because there's some hole in their swing, or maybe a lack of power, or maybe they have a little bit more swing and miss. Well, that's mm-hmm. going to be exposed in the playoffs a bit more where the yeah. star, you know, where again, when you're facing, think, you know, the, when you have to face whatever the heck, like the, the raise rotation yeah. game. Right. So it's, it can be tough. I think that, Again, just just to, to circle around to my point about how like I don't hate any of the signings. The problem is that there was like I just don't think they need to do all of them. If we head into the season like what you mentioned, where it's like, you know what? I kind of like Tatis Soto Machado. I think we're good on stars. Let's do the other parts now. Let's do the tertiary building. Let's do the, do the Zaidi stuff. Um, and then the opposite goes for the Giants, where it's like, all right, we have the tertiary. Mm-hmm. Let's go get the inner core. So that was my take where. My thing, I also think the same thing goes for Soto, where if you know you're signing Xander Bogarts, do you still want to do that deal? And maybe if you knew what Tatis was going to be and you're like, all right, cool. And I'm not saying I think CJ Abrams or Rob Hassel or James Wood are the second coming, but rather what if you only have to trade one of those guys to get something good that would help this team right now? That's my thing is I think that there's been a improper allocation of resources for the Padres as opposed to the Giants who haven't gotten the big fish yet. Although at least they tried. Right, like it looks like they clearly tried. I got questions. I still got questions. Oh, What's, you got questions? I got <laughs> questions. I got. I mean, again, I, look. I know they tried, and they were definitely an unjudge. It's just, 
I don't think we will ever know what happened with Correa with the Giants and Mets. And I think there's again, because obviously Boris isn't a trustworthy narrator and he's the only one who's going to speak publicly publicly about it. Um, but I, I do. Right. Exactly. I don't got a problem with Boris. Um, yeah. I think he gets undue hate. Um, but he's doing his job. Exactly. Um, um, I want Scott Boris on my side. Um, yeah. <laughs> the like, the thing that, you know, everyone sort of said the Giants were validated when the Mets did the same thing, but it seemed like the Mets deal was one that Cohen made in the front office immediately didn't like. And so I'm almost, mm-hmm. so the, that the, it's not, the, it's, it's a case of, I think a lot of people were like the Giants were validated by the Mets doing the same thing as the Giants. So Correa was obviously damaged goods. I'm not as convinced there was an internal fighting within the Mets to try to get Cohen to change his mind, if that makes sense. And so that's just where, again, I don't know if, if there was sort of a similar story with the giants that maybe they were looking for a reason like, you know, some people were were looking for a reason that maybe ownership was pushing it. I, I, again, I don't, I, again, I don't have any inside information on that. I'm just saying again, like this off season broke pattern for the giants, right? They went 107 games and they sit out the 2021 off season, yeah. right? They let, you know, they basically let Kevin Gossman walk, you know, again, sign Carlos Rodon to replace him who again, worked out well, but why not get greedy? Why not do both? They, they don't go for a Simeon or a Seeger who you can imagine right now in this lineup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and, and so, you know, basically the only aggressive play they made under Zaidi up to last off season was Bryce Harper. And even then, they made they were a late entrance and they made an offer that was less than the Phillies. Well, it's like when yeah. you're making an offer that's less when you're entering again. The Chris Bryant trade a little bit, right? But they let him walk, and again, I'm not saying that was a bad move, right? It was it was a rental. Um, no, I, again, I think Zaidi is going to be very aggressive at the deadline. I think he is going to make. I I think um, partly just because the Giants, frankly, might have one of the five best systems right now, and even if you you don't count them, like Casey Schmidt and Patrick Bailey aren't prospects anymore in like ranking sense, but are as trade chips potentially. Luis Mont- well Matos still prospect but mm-hmm. um you know I, I think he's going to be very aggressive on the trade front and i, I and I, I think we're again we're going to see a little preller on that side of things this yeah. year the um battle. exactly versus Woj. no give me <laughs> and and friedman's gonna get get in there too no and you know arizona's got i mean it, it yeah. the no west is going to be really fun it's going to be really fun wild uh, west puns will be I think, because i would bet a lot of money this is the division mm-hmm. where otani's going to play next year yeah, see, so I go back and forth on that. I'm not going to make this too much about Otani. My take is I think Steve Cohen had a lot of fun watching the World Baseball Classic. That's my take. That's my I take. mean, that's, not that's un- just, it's I think not he had a lot unreasonable. Of fun. It's not unreasonable. <laughs> it's not, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I think the thing I'll say is I, I think Otani's the type of guy who there ain't going to be a money limit to anyone yeah. pretty much. And I, I think he's just going to want to stay on the West Coast, but. Um, again, I, I don't, again, it's, I got my, yeah, it's, but I, I'm pretty confident he's going to be in the NL West. I don't know how the Padres find the money, but I think Preller's going to do everything he can do to yeah. try. We'll I think see. the Giants are going to try and the Dodgers are the favorites by now for pretty obvious yeah, reasons. So. The players, Paul. Um, yeah. last thing I want to ask you is this is, and I alluded to this earlier, but like a, a couple years ago, I think this was after, I'm going to say this is after the, the Tatis extension. And then when they had traded Snell and traded for Snell and Darvish, which everything, all right, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the players, but you had brought up this idea of the Padres are spending a lot of money on their players. What about 
the organization. The Giants mm-hmm. famously have so many coaches. That's what everybody talked about. Gabe Kapler loves talking about that when he won manager of the year two years ago. They win the 107 games. They have all these different hitting coaches and whatnot. And you were talking to me about that. And it's funny because then later that year, the athletic article on the Padres and how Preller's a micromanager, but do they do they do they allocate that money, which don't get me wrong, I love the talent, but are you also paying people good mm-hmm. floor salaries? Are you bringing in good analysts and whatnot? And it seems like that is a giant difference that I think just objectively is where the Giants are stronger. At least we could argue about the building philosophies mm-hmm. and how they learn from each other. But what is kind of the, the Giants thing? Because is that true? Like, are they investing more in being like, let's actually have a good staff here that can make players better? Because my other thing with the Padres is every player they bring in either stays good or whatever level they're at or gets worse. Absent maybe Joe Musgrove and I technically Runetta door like the giants, JD Davis has gotten better. Um, Matos or, or not Matos. Um, Lamont Wade, Wade Estrada. Yeah. All these guys. Yeah, yeah for sure. All these guys, Jack Peterson, even I know he's flawed mm. defensively and all that, but he can hit the heck out of the ball as he did mm. in the series. What is that kind of like? Do you see that um, kind of difference? I think that I, I, I would. Person? Yeah. So in terms of, again, there's two parts, right? There's the financial and the personal investment. Right. Like in terms of just like relationship building and being fun to work for or people liking to work for you. Yeah. Financially, I would bet the Giants are doing more. I mean, uh, again, I, that was something that Sabian and Evans do not get enough credit for. That was something they were kind of, I think, a bit ahead of the curve on. Uh, Evans in particular, as much as his tenure on the win loss scale, and, and there were some bad trades in there. Don't get me wrong. Um, his tenure, he actually kind of started to turn the tide and like we're heavily investing in player development and revamping our international free agency side on the minor league side. You know, I think the again to Preller's credit, like, yeah, he's traded a lot of good players, but that's because he keeps the Padres keep churning out these good prospects. Like again, they got some more in Salas and Merrill. Like, I, I, like exactly. I think you know Salas, sixteen year old. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say again, Merrill is is a guy. I'm a bit lower on him, but I, I can tell you this: I'm on the baseball prospectus prospect staff, and people over there love, love Jackson Merrill. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, that's the way to put it. Look, I, 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 well, let, me, I let, me, let me put it this way. is uh, Again, the okay. stuff that, that came out, uh, uh, let me rephrase this into something you can use. Um, is this live streaming? No, it's not live streaming. It's just, okay. just recording it. Yeah. Um, but I realized that I think that was off the record. So um, the let me see a way to phrase this. I think both Preller and Zaidi are in a camp where there tends to be, they are very dogmatic in their approaches and they're going to, and it's sort of their way or the highway. I think both Zaidi and Preller get those criticisms when you talk to baseball people. But mm-hmm. the thing that um, it seems, and again, the Giants, to be fair, have had a, a good amount of turnover this past offseason. So I don't want to undersell that. But it, the Giants, I think, have I've seen less turnover on that side than the Padres over the years. Um, and so, again, I don't know. Again, people can leave for a lot of reasons. It could be because people are getting promoted. It could be, you know, because um, they're having a good time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, there's, yeah. So, so I, th- I think that's a, a question I kind of have um, when it comes to the behind-the-scenes stuff. And again, I also wonder... Again, I'm not a big team chemistry guy, but it does seem like the Padres have 
acquire like it, there's been a lot of sort of guys over the years who it's been like they acquire that guy and it's like oh that's a guy who has some story with some maybe baggage right like like and i wonder too if there's a, yeah. a cost to to that in terms of like you know there's something to be said for like when dudes gel it makes it easier and they've i think there's been some guys who are you know abrasive personalities again you mentioned clevenger we could talk about tommy fam who again you mentioned jock peterson um you know like um and, and i do wonder if maybe they're just not valuing um, if maybe there's there's some value um, in sort of trying to build a sort of more synergistic environment, and again, I, I I'm not in that locker room. I'm, I'm kind of speaking out of turn there. I'm just this is just speculation. Um, but I I think there might be uh, something to be said about sort of again, it's it's the problem that a lot of front office people have, right? Is is you know the human side matters, right? Like the reason, like it is. As, as much as fans want to act like it's it doesn't matter and all these guys are machines and dehumanized players like there is a reason Darren Ruff even with the Brewers even in a short time with the Giants after he got cut by the Mets was not not a great player again but was not the train wreck he was in New York and Darren talked about it, like his family was on the West coast and that made things difficult. And yeah. then it, he kind of got in his own head and there was the pressure of the trade and then the fan base is on you. And like that gets tough and he just struggled with it. And it's yeah. like, he, you know, candidly talked about that. And again, that's, that's a real thing players go through. And you know, fine. If you're a fan, you don't want to care about that. That's fine. But if you work for it's a possible. team, you better care about that. You know, if you work for a team, you better care about yeah. that. If you work for a team, you better have ways to deal with that and address that. And again, I'm using rough as an example, but we can talk about other guys over the years who it's just, they don't get along with their teammates or they don't enjoy spending time with guys or, you know, like going to the ballpark is just kind of a drag they're doing. You know, it, it feels more like a job. And, and so, you know, all those things can play a role. Again, I don't know what's, 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 you know, what that environment is like inside the Padres locker room or what it's been. But when you have a team that has as much talent, even with questions about depth, and again, like you're saying, guys who seem to pretty consistently be performing better when they leave or before than when they're in the organization, it's reasonable yeah. to ask, well, why are they doing that? Why is that happening? And maybe it's yeah. invest. And again, that could be financial investment and training staff and scouting. It could be personnel turnover, or, or it could be, um, just not doing a good enough job to, to put those guys in positions to succeed. Absolutely. And just to, to wind it down, it's almost like in, in a more simple vernacular, like it's, is this fantasy baseball way of building the team, the way the Padres do just getting crazy stars and whatnot, not necessarily leading. Is it necessarily sustainable or going to be something that can work? I don't know. Yeah. And again, I still think that they should spend money. We both agree on that. Every team should, my takeaway, my analogy lately has been with football that it's harder to win when you have to finally pay your quarterback, but it's even harder to win when you don't have the quarterback. So yeah. that's kind of my perspective is it's harder to win the big world series and whatnot. Stop letting people who hype up a who's a breakout team this year. That's like minor or whatever, like a, like a the Reds. Uh, everyone's going to talk about how the Diamondbacks aren't spending a lot right yeah. now. The Reds. Yeah, guess what? I have breaking news. They're probably not going to win the World Series because that's just how the history of the sport seems to go. So again, and, it can again, be and again, this yeah. is the thing. 
when the team wins the World Series, you as a fan should not care what the payroll is. They won the World Series. And, and yeah, it's exactly. like, it's not, all that means the lower the payroll is, it just means the owner and front office did a better job exploiting the labor market to pay their players less. That, that does nothing for anyone but ownership on that front. Um, do you think, si- what, do you think you Seidler, really do you think Seidler pulls the plug if they miss the playoffs this year though? That's, I think, the question for the Padres. I think if they miss the playoffs, I think Melvin's done. I can't make up my mind on Preller. I go back and forth. It's every other day. I, don't I mean, know how pull, in, I don't mean pull the plug on people. Play. I mean pull the plug on money. Oh, on money? Like if he says, no. like, well, I don't know if okay. I can anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, like I don't. Like I guess they theoretically you could go out and be like, all right, who wants Machado? Who wants Tatis? Or we're just but, not going to extend Soto. Like, yeah, like yeah. maybe that's the. I think that's the bigger thing is that they won't extend Soto. But I don't know. I think they're going to fire people first before. It sounds that's like Sidler's like, I want to go for it, and also the Chargers aren't here anymore, and we're the only major league team. Yeah. So no, I mean, let's I mean, for it. So, that would be that'd it's be my biggest though. concern as a, as a, as a fan. It's just. I hope he keeps doing it. Are they going to be like, we're done? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, exactly. we tried spending money. Now, we'll now get me a Wall Street hedge fund. Yeah. We'll see if they continue it. Because every time I say, let's go sign a Conforto, then they do a Bogarts, right? But, Mark, yeah. this has been a blast. Um, a lot of fun diving deep into the Padres, getting your perspective on the Padres and the Giants. Hopefully, we'll do this again whenever the heck they play. And Absolutely. hopefully, I'll be happier. And I won't be wearing this hat anymore. I, I basically have said. I'll be wearing the hat. Stop you know what? I'm going to say it. Next time I'm on the podcast, remind me. I will wear a hat of some kind. It will not be that hat, but it will be a hat of Solidarity. some kind. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. But do you have any last things you want to plug for the good people before we close this thing out? Uh, just give me a follow over on Twitter at Mad Deluki, M-A-D-D-E-L-U-C-C-H. I, um, you know, it's kind of the only, it's, it's. Where I am, it's where you'll be able to find links to most of my work. I'm the, as uh, Javi mentioned earlier, I'm a Giants beat writer over at Giants Baseball Insider. But I also write around. I cover the Golden State Warriors, San Francisco 49ers over at SB Nation. And uh, as I mentioned, baseball prospectus prospect staff. So if you like sports, particularly if you like sports in the Bay Area and you like a little taste of economics and leftist politics, you hop on over <laughs> for a good time. Absolutely. Everybody go check that out. Everybody, though, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. I know it's, it's a bar, right? I that's go good, pretty hard yeah. with that one. I mean, right um, now, well, that's not a high bar, but, you know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Good point. But uh, everybody, remember, as always, stay safe. And, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.